have an emotional body, we have a mental body, we have a physical body. All of these things need to be brought into alignment with a clear outcome for us to experience anything. And generally speaking, when we're getting things that we don't want, it's because we've inadvertently created alignment through habits of our emotional expression, through habits in our thought patterns and through habits in our behavior that align with the outcome that we don't want. For me, deliberate creation, deliberate manifestation for want of a better phrase, and this is something that we've proven time and time again with the work that we do with our clients, leads to the outcome that we want. So it's a clear intention, understanding how energetically I need to express to be aligned with that. So that's my emotions, my feelings, and my thinking thoughts that are aligned with that outcome. Do I believe that it's possible? And can I operate with a level of certainty of that outcome and then act accordingly? Unless I do all of those things, it's not going to happen. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey guys, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. To achieve success, I believe we've got to look at the inner game as well as the outer game. So today we're bringing Daniel Mangener on, a great conversation. We talk about how to embody mindfulness, spirituality and manifesting, why you should stop meditating and get off the sofa and start taking action. Not Don't meditate, but stop meditating and stay taking on action. We get some really good distinctions. We talked about concepts that I've never heard talked about this like this before called an emotional signature. You'll hear more about that, about the importance of setting a goal slide. So with your appetite whetted, a really down-to-worth conversation. Don't worry, it's not a woohoo. <laughs> it's a down-to-worth practical conversation with Daniel Mangana. Hello and welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. I am joined today by Daniel Mangana. He's a motivational speaker, a coach. It's a real privilege. Grew up in East London, has traveled the world speaking, and now I'm speaking to him from Carbo in Mexico. Daniel, welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here today. So I was intrigued by an approach uh, to get you on the show. Uh, I we're in the same space in terms of wanting to inspire, improve people's quality of life. My focus has, has been around business, but on that journey, when I've learned about business and strategy and marketing and commercials and finance and, and coaching, I've always been interested in. Um, the spiritual and metaphysical, it's been something that's been interesting to me. So when one of your sort of statements or your provocative sort of questions is, why do you tell people to stop meditating? I thought, <laughs> I've got to get Daniel on the show because many people <laughs> say the one thing that you need to do is to start meditating. Meditating. Yeah. So um, before we explore that, just share with everybody a bit about you, your journey, your background, your travels, and then we're going to get into some of those topics. Well, thanks again for having me on the show. It's, a, it's an absolute privilege. Um, just obviously when we first got connected, I got a chance to look at what you're doing and it's pretty bad, bad, bad butt. So um, love it, love it, love it. Thank you for having me. Um, grew up in East London, um, moved out to the suburbs, uh, started this particular part of my journey about three and a half years ago. I went out on the road, seeing different parts of the world and sharing my message 
landed here in beautiful Cabo and stayed. Got married last year, got a kid on the way, which has got all of its own <laughs> challenges that I'm oh, sure yeah. are going to come up. But um, the real part of my journey has been coming to terms with the fact that what we are traditionally taught is the way to use mindfulness, spirituality, and access to consciousness to create is coswallops and doesn't work. Because if it did, all those millions of people that watch The Secret would have materialized the check that they had on the wall. And all of those people that were meditating for 20 hours a day wouldn't be in a situation where they can't pay their bills. You know, it's, it's sad to see the massive potential of this space not being tapped because we've got misguided ideas about how to tap it. And a big part of my mission is helping people to really embody spirituality, mindfulness, consciousness, and actually use it in an integrated life that has success in every area. I love that. And so many people may have been open to spirituality and manifesting and focusing on goals, which in and of its own right are, are laudable. We should have goals, but got yeah. totally um, demoralized by it, turned off by it when they didn't get the results that maybe after having watched the secret they thought they would yeah. get. So I'd, I'm interested in, on your take on this around your, you say that um, – how can you become successful without setting intentions? Why meditating clearly isn't the answer to everything. So mm. what's, what's your take on it, your perspective? Well, my take on it really is that it's important to remember that we're not just energy beings. Do we have an energetic aspect to us? Yes, it's measurable. Science has demonstrated that to be true. You can take pictures of the shape of people's energetic bodies as it changes as a result of energy of, of, of practices, a friend of mine, Alan Sosoyev, even got his PhD showing that if you bless a glass of wine, it changes the energetic composition of the wine and therefore you as you drink it. It's been scientifically demonstrated to be true. But me closing my eyes and sp my energy body experiencing success in my business or health in my body or a loving relationship doesn't automatically equate to my three-dimensional, and by that I just mean the world that I experience with my senses, my physical world, it doesn't automatically cross over. But what we're told is, close your eyes and imagine that your bills are paid, close your eyes and just keep imagining the love of your life coming in, blah, blah, blah. Now, is that a part of the process? Yes. But if we're just hanging out in the energetic realms with a healthy body, but we've still got cancer or we've still got uh, tuberculosis, or we've still got other ailments in our body. There's, there's, there's something that's got to connect those two, two, two spaces. But in order to get there, we need to finish the work that we've done in the energetic realm, put that baby down and move on to the next step. Hence I say, stop meditating, not don't meditating because you have to start meditating to stop. But meditation is just one piece of the puzzle. We have an emotional body. We have a mental body. We have a physical body. All of these things need to be brought into alignment with a clear outcome for us to experience anything. And generally speaking, when we're getting things that we don't want, it's because we've inadvertently created alignment through habits of our emotional ex expression, through habits in our thought patterns and through habits in our behavior that align with the outcome that we don't want. For me, deliberate creation, deliberate manifestation for want of a better phrase. And this is something that we've proven time and time again with the work that we're doing with our clients. 
leads to the outcome that we want. So it's a clear intention, understanding how energetically I need to express to be aligned with that. So that's my emotions, my feelings, uh, am I thinking thoughts that are aligned with that outcome? Do I believe that it's possible? And can I operate with a level of certainty of that outcome and then act accordingly? Unless I do all of those things, it's not going to happen. Where do people go wrong? Or what at what stages in that do you find that people um, go wrong, don't get the result that they're looking for, the outcome they're looking for, and then obviously they get completely disillusioned? So where are the common sort of places where people make a misstep? Definitely not even bothering to set an intention in the first place. There's this whole um, movement, I would say, in the spiritual community of, oh, just surrender. Everything's going to work out. The universe has your back. Yeah, that's great and sounds very good and probably sells a lot of books to people who you're misleading. But the reality of reality is that we are always, whether consciously or unconsciously, setting the direction for the course of our ship, right? Mm -hmm. so if i'm not consciously setting the direction of the course of my ship i'm doing so unconsciously Mm -hmm. which would be great if my unconscious mind was moving towards what i actually want Mm -hmm. now the very fact that you're looking for a book to help you change your life probably means that the outcomes you've been getting up till now don't match what you actually want it makes sense we need to set a change up which means that i need to deliberately consciously step in and say this is what i designed for me that's what an intention is. It's a disruption of my unconscious patterns with a deliberate choice in what I want to receive. If I'm just saying the universe has my back, um, you know, surrendering, it's all going to work out. Then what am I surrendering to? If not my unconscious patterns, which have given me what I've gotten up till now anyway, which isn't what I want. So that's mm-hmm. number one. And then number two, people just focus on one area and leave the rest out. They'll just go and get amazing strategies. You know, they'll get the latest business fad. They'll go to the latest conference on the latest new business strategy. But emotionally, they don't find themselves worthy of abundance or worthy of success. So they're going to self-sabotage. Or emotionally, they've actually got some deep-seated trauma around being successful. Or they've got limiting beliefs about what they can achieve. And so they're not going to be able to follow through with what's necessary in order to achieve that success or they're going to sabotage themselves because they can't hold that space. So it's not being clear or surrendering it to your unconscious programs or just focusing on one area, just meditating or just reading loads of books or just having a badass strategy instead of bringing them all together. So let's say somebody in business has set themselves, you know, a stretching um, um, goal. They've got a, they've got a, a five-year plan. Mm-hmm. A conversation I was having earlier on today um, in another podcast interview was about okay, let's let's assume a scenario: five years to sell your business. What do you need mm-hmm. to do in your business practically to maximize your that capital event of the sale? So, mm-hmm. for argument's sake, and, and, and if somebody had that goal five years they want to sell the business they've got a summer money in mind but also they want to protect their legacy and they want to make sure that their team their employees are carried on employment to help grow mm-hmm. and nurture that legacy what are the steps that that individual could go through not talking about business strategy steps we're talking about clarity of intention what what's the emotional energetic work that they could do in addition to the business stuff that would help them achieve that number in five years and their legacy to be 
to be taken on by somebody, you know, nurtured by you can take on to the next level by somebody else. I'm with you. Well, first of all, I would ask them why they want it. Because generally speaking, we don't want the thing. We want the thing that the thing gives us. Mm-hmm. Someone says they want a Ferrari. They don't really want a Ferrari. They want to get sexy girls because they believe sexy girls are going to come from the Ferrari. They want to prove their classmates wrong who said that they were never going to make it. Or, you know, they've, they've got limiting beliefs about how people are going to perceive them and they need the big flashy red car in order to be validated, right? We don't want a big house. We either want somewhere to, like, I want a bigger house, okay? I was speaking to my wife about this yesterday. We're in this dis- disconnect on this at the moment. I want a couple more bedrooms. She's happy with the number of the bedrooms that we've got right now. I'm like, the baby's coming. She's like, yeah, but the baby can share with Ariana. I'm like, well, I've got a big family. So for me, having a bigger home isn't about, you know, putting a middle finger up to everyone and saying, hey, look at the size of my house. I've got a lot of siblings. I like my family to come and stay with me. I like to have friends over. I like to have space to do that. That's what I want it for. But then behind that, there's something else. Well, I love being connected to my loved ones. I love sharing space with my loved ones. I love um, hosting them and, and sharing them with love. I like to have them near me. That's what I actually want. The medium that I see to receiving that is having a bigger house. But what happens is we often get stuck on the thing. So if he's saying five years time, he or she's saying that in five years time, they want to sell their business and so on and so forth. There's something that they want that for. Mm-hmm. By making that their focus, they can then start to build a, a model of the emotional stretching that they need to do. And also the mental stretching that they need to do. Also having that clarity means that when it gets tough, which it will, when the waters get rough, which they will, they will have a clear, deliberate, very, very tight connection to the outcome, their why, if you will, that's going to carry them through those turbulent times. So that's the first thing. Once they've done that, it's being able to map that out as an emotional state now. So for example, for me, it's feeling love, um, feeling at peace, um, feeling expansive, having the freedom to move around a bigger home. These are the emotional states that I can cognitively connect to their outcome. Because generally speaking, the outcome that we're going to experience happens because we're able to consistently hold that emotional signature. So when I know the emotional signature of my outcome, I can keep practicing and rehearsing that. Generally speaking, when people start to self-sabotage, when they start to unravel and unwind, it's because they're not able to hold the emotional state of the outcome that they want. When the success starts to come, they hyperventilate, the anxiety kicks in, the unworthiness kicks in. But if I've been practicing it ahead of the experience, when it comes, I can step into it with greater ease. Also, when I've got clarity of the outcome, I can mentally rehearse it. As I mentally rehearse it, I can open up space for ideas to come in about how to move through and navigate it. I can start to make sure that I'm focusing my daily behavior against the backdrop of the outcome. If I'm getting up in the morning and I'm visualizing that five-year goal, it's resourcing me emotionally and mentally to do what I must do that day. It enables me to go back over my to-do list for the day. Are these things taking me closer or further away from what I want? And if I'm staying on target, you can pretty darn be sure five years isn't going to be five years. You'll be there in two, maybe even one, because all of your actions on a day-to-day basis, your thoughts on a moment-to-moment basis, and your emotional state are supporting you creating it now. 
So you talk, use a phrase there, emotional signature. What do you mean by yeah. that? By that, I mean, if we look at reality as a, a map, right? We've got the longitude and latitude. Mm-hmm. Every single point on that map, you can get the GPS, GPS coordinates for it. The emotional signature are the GPS coordinates in terms of emotions instead of longitude and latitude. It's the emotions that correlate to that experience in your reality. So um, someone that has a successful business, let's say, for example, it's a seven-figure business that they've built up. At the point of achievement, there will be a certain combination of, of emotions that they believe themselves to have at that time. If they can practice it now, then they're already if we're looking at the map, they're already dancing in the same area as that. And so rather than getting into unknown territory of let's go to lottery winners, 90% of them lose it within five years. They're not able to hold it. So we already know crimes of passion. We know about mind over matter. So we know that the mind can be affected by the emotional state and the actions can be affected by the mind. So once we have the emotional state pegged to an outcome, deliberately then allow our mindset to follow then it makes the actions easy to do. Even going out and seeking the right support, the right guidance, the right mentorship, the right coaching in order to take the right actions because we're mentally and emotionally able to sustain it. So let's take the example uh, in in your case of of a bigger house because yeah, you've got a baby on the way, but also you want to surround your siblings and people close to you. You want to share them with love. You want to connect with them. You want to be in that same environment. So you would visualize them spending time with you but also the feelings you would get of spending time enjoying the connection the love the closeness with your siblings and those closest to you is that right exactly exactly so i would do um so i'm a certified coach for a modality called reality transurfing crazy russian guy came up with him it's really cool stuff but what what vadim zeeland the author of reality transurfing says is that we can create something called a goal slide. And the goal slide is literally the finished image. So we don't try and work out the details. We go to the end goal. So for me, it's, I allow myself to be led to seeing what that would feel like. So right now I've got beautiful rooftop. We can see great sunsets there. We've got little seating area. Before we're talking about the bigger house, I wanted to get a fire pit fitted around Mm -hmm. the little seating area we got on the roof. Mm-hmm. We see lands in, we see the sea, it's beautiful sunsets here. So I would have a goal slide. A couple of my siblings have been here, but the ones that haven't been here, like my brother, my big brother, Charles, us sitting around smoking a Monte Cristo around the fire pit looking out. So I, I feel the, the cigar in my hand. I feel the warmth of it in my mouth. I feel my brother slapping the shoulder. I can hear his laugh. I see the fire. I see the scenery and I'm there. I'm feeling it. I'm experiencing it. I'm calling it in. I'm not pretending to be there. I'm actually allowing my consciousness to drift into that experience so that I can lock in those coordinates. Wow. You say goal slide. You mean an image, a slide image in your head? Yes. So I have like a moving image, um, but it's, it's the details that matter. You know, just having a check on the wall when you've got no cognitive connection to that experience, it's a bit bit pointless. You, You have no idea of what it's like to receive a check for a million dollars. I know what it's like to smoke a cigar. I know what it's like to sit in that area. I know what it's like to sit in front of a fire pit. I know what it's like to hear my brother laugh. I know what it's like to see the sunset from that particular vantage point on my roof. 
I combine those together, I've got a very, very real experience. And my brain doesn't know the difference between mm -hmm. that real experience and it being imagined. So that becomes one of the criteria of your new property that's bigger. Yes. So how, how often would you need to relive that future vision? Re-experience it. Every morning. Yeah. I do mine every morning. And then I use something called a mind movie before bed. Um, which is specifically populated with experiences around my longer term vision. So in the morning, I do my micro 90 day. Mm -hmm. So I pick a random scene. I've got a list of the pieces. I've got a random scene. I'll, I'll run that random scene for a few minutes. And then at night, my longer term goals, I run on the mind movie before going to bed. So that's me personally. And when I'm not doing anything, if I'm- That's the mind movie app, is that? I use the My Movie app, definitely. Yeah. Um, I've actually met Natalie. She's a really cool kitten. So um, we use that for our clients as well. And we, we build out, their, uh, we build out their, their My Movie for them against the goals that they have. But we don't just watch the My Movie and don't do anything else. We watch the My Movie. We will do visualization. We'll do some meditation. But we also do the mental rehearsal. And we also get off the sofa and take some action that day that's going to get us closer to it. And I think that's a, a big piece that people miss at the formula. Hi, Gavin here. wanted to say a huge thank you. Thank you to all of you who have bought a copy of my book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business. The feedback's been excellent. Copies have gone to all four corners of the planet. I'm so grateful and humbled. I also wanted to let you know that now the audiobook version is out. The audio format can be got from audible.co.uk or audible.com or from my website, surviveandthrive.cc. It was a lot of fun recording the audiobook and hopefully you'll pick up my passion as I take you through all the insights, strategies and case studies to help you not only survive but thrive through uncertain times. So go to audible.com or audible.co.uk to check out Survive and Thrive by Gavin Preston or grab it from my website, surviveandthrive.cc. So one of the things I've uh, I've noticed myself that uh, when I run through my goals and visualize my goals as I'm lying in bed ready to go to sleep is I actually get really excited about them, yeah. <laughs> which means I can't get to sleep. <laughs> and so uh, I, I do my visualizations in the morning after exercise. <laughs> so have you had that? Have you had other clients that go? Yeah, I've, so I've had that a hyped. few times. I've, I've had that a few times, but I've, there's been a couple of times when I watch the mind movie. This is the danger of just being, you know, really excited about life. And then I start getting ideas. Yeah. And then I have to go to my office and then Olga will come in at two o'clock in the morning. Like Daniel, are you, are you going to bed? Like, oh, I'm not too excited. <laughs> I just had this massive idea and it's sort of getting, getting going. But I, some people might say, well, oh, that's the danger of doing it. You know, you're not going to get any sleep. But I'd rather be up at night excited about, putting things into action that's going to bring impact to the world that's going to leave a legacy for my son that's going to improve people's lives than being up at night because i can't pay the bills like mm. there's, there's a difference between between the two for me i don't know which one the listeners prefer but i know which one i do yeah so you're what about people that find themselves running habitual patterns unconsciously subconsciously that are taking them towards more of what they don't want whether mm. that's more struggle more mm -hmm. debt more failed ventures or failed uh, projects within business 
how could they interrupt that pattern and, and align, get them on a track that will take them towards what they do want? What we're really talking about is deliberate creation, I think. Yeah. And using deliberate creation to interrupt a pattern of unconscious creation. Am I on the right tracks? Using deliberate, yeah, okay. Deliberate yeah. creation to interrupt a path of unconscious creation. Right. Yeah. So I think the first thing is to realize that we have to take responsibility for what we have been creating previously. Yeah. Because if I'm blaming other people for what's happened to me, then I'm not going to be resourced by virtue of the box I've created for myself to create what I want. Because I'm saying, you know what? Um, Boris Johnson's responsible for this. And that was Theresa May's fault. And that's because of COVID-19. And that's because of what happened when I was 12. Now, we're not saying that those things don't have a role to play, but we have to accept and acknowledge the capacity that we have to consciously create. Otherwise, we're wasting our time even talking about it. We might as well just carry on going down the rabbit hole of failure and let it go. And I think sometimes, in my experience, I've seen people say that they want to create different and at the same time blame everybody else for what's come up. So how can I accept the power to create but then give my power to create a way to other people, right? So in terms of my beyond intention paradigm, which is the four-step model that my work's really based around, step one is accept. I'm the author and creator of my life. If I can't accept that completely, then at least go for this very logical mathematical equation. There's only one thing that's going to be present in every experience of my life. There are some that might be there a lot of the time. Your mum's been there since you were born. She might be there for 80%. But the only entity the only thing that's present in every experience is you. Mm -hmm. So logically, the place to affect change is with you. So if you start there, even if you don't get all the way to your intended outcome, you're going to get further ahead than blaming Boris Johnson, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So once I'm able to do that, then I can start looking at me. What am I addicted to in those thoughts? What's the payoff? Do I enjoy it at an unconscious level? Do I like having a sad story to tell people? Am I addicted to the production of cortisol in my body and the stress that I get from being in stressful situations? And therefore, am I unconsciously playing out those patterns over and over again in order to get that cortisol hit? Am I scared of success? Do I have anxiety about being in the unknown territory of a new experience? Once I'm able to own that, then I can start taking, in, taking effective steps to get beyond that. I think there's this cookie cutter culture, especially in the world of spirituality, you know, watch this mind movie every day for 30 days and become a millionaire. Well, we're all different. We've all had different experiences. We've all had different traumas. We've all had different life lessons and we've all got different belief systems. So one size invariably is not going to fit all. But what we can do is start to have the tools to map working tools, or working methods to ourselves. So once I've accepted, once I've identified, then I can start to build my personal roadmap to overcome those challenges. If it's anxiety, maybe I need to look at some breath work or some meditation to address that or emotional freedom technique tapping in order to overcome anxiety and still make empowering choices. Maybe I need to go and do some counseling for the trauma that I experienced or, or, or get some other kind of therapy around that so that I'm free of the bonds that are keeping me in this pattern of behavior. And that's my opinion on that.
I love that. What about awareness, though? A key part of that is being aware of those patterns. So you you cited a number of examples there about, you know, in answer to the question, what you were addicted to, and you said, mm-hmm. you know, could it be the cortisol of stress? Could it be scared of success? Mm-hmm. How does somebody get clearer as to what might be the things that are keeping them stuck, the, the recurring patterns that they're running? For me, it comes down to getting comfortable with silence. Okay. Getting comfortable with silence and developing a relationship with yourself. And in terms of the meditation that I'm inviting people to stop, yep. we, we'd start with meditation in order to develop that relationship with ourself, pardon me, to be able to, to do that. So in psycho-cybernetics and looking at your bookshelf, you've probably read Max or Maltz's book. Um, I can always tell when someone's in one of my gang, the book gang. Um, psycho-cybernetics, as I'm sure you'll remember, Maxwell says, success is very much like a guiding missile. It doesn't go from point to point. It's always course correcting. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is develop a level of relationship with ourselves to recognize when we're off course. And that can only come from spending time in silence, journaling, um, things like mirror work in order to actually develop an emotional relationship with yourself. And from there, you can have the level of communication that allows the feedback that tells you that you're off course or tells you that's what's going on. Also being open to support. I mean, we've never seen our own face. We've seen a reflection of it, but we've never seen our own face. Other people that we trust or that are qualified in order to give us that support. For me, I've spent six figures on my personal development this year and I'm planning to spend more next year. Why? Because I can't see my gaps. I might be great in seeing them in other people. The likelihood that I'm going to see all of them in myself is very very low. So inviting someone to come into my world to hold me accountable to when I am off, off target. And I'm not talking about Aunt Sue or, or Mark down at the pub. I mean, somebody who's qualified to give you empowering support to find those gaps. I find that to be the most effective route to do that. And if somebody is struck, okay, so it's, it's, it could be quite a confusing array of potential help potential modalities um mm-hmm. you know from a life coach to a hypnotherapist to a yeah. psychotherapist to <laughs> a counselor to a timeline <laughs> therapist and the l- list goes on exactly where do people start they recognize that they're running some self-sabotage that they're 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 technical phrase they keep running the same shit same patterns and no matter how hard, <laughs> technical phrase indeed <laughs> yeah no matter how hard they're working they keep finding themselves repeating a similar uh, pattern. Mm. Where, where first? Where do they go first? Again, we're in cookie cutter territory. I don't really think that there is a, I, I think we'd be doing people a disservice by saying this is the only way to do it. Yeah. What I think it really comes down to is someone stepping into almost like going to an ice cream shop and, and getting some samples test them out, have a a test session, have a specific challenge and go in and try. I mean, I tried timeline therapy a little while ago. It was great. Had immediate result. I ended up doing four or five months with a woman who did wonders for getting rid of some deep rooted programs. I tried counseling, I don't know, 10 years ago, didn't really get anything out of it. Hmm. I then tried it again a couple of years later with someone else and got something amazing from it. I think being open, being playfully curious with the process and being open to recognizing that we might not be right about the person, our opinion about the person, 
Remembering also that our fear could also have a saying that something doesn't work. So having an accountability buddy to work with you in the process, I think is, is great. Having clear objectives before going into any engagement with someone is great. And keeping the door open on a modality and not writing one off because of the person who did it. So testing and seeing, um, but going in with a very clear, and I can't overstate this, be very clear in the outcome that you want from that work with someone. Don't go in to test out a counselor, I want a better life. Have a particular challenge. Give them the opportunity to show you if that modality works or not and go from there. So you wrote a book called The Money Game. Yeah. yeah. What, what's the game? How do we play it? <laughs> so the money game process actually takes what I speak about with setting intentions and alignment and applies it specifically to this idea of creating money. But the fun thing about this is the whole point of the game is doing it out of thin air. Now, people take the principles and they apply it to loads of different things. But the idea is to start to stretch our capacity to have money come out of nowhere. Now, it starts off small, you know, five pounds, 10 pounds or dollars or whatever you're, you're messing with. But my current record is 75,000 Australian dollars in two days. From Whoa. Using the principles. Before tell that, that story. Into- Do tell that story. <laughs> um, he, he was doing a, cha- I did a challenge in my, um, in my free Facebook group. I've left the videos up because it was just such a powerful challenge. It was the second time I've done it live. And um, yeah, he, he, got, he got like a cash injection of $75,000 into his, Aussie dollars into his business on day two of the challenge. Amazing. Now, some people might say that's a coincidence, but I had about 100 people doing the challenge this time. And he wasn't the only one getting wins. The whole point of when I do the challenge, we just want to sort of manifest a tenor but it's specifically worded uh, to allow for more, but to create just the, you know, the entry point of a tenor. Uh, the average, I think this time the average was $1,800 was the average people manifested over the course of that week um, with, you know, we had, a, I think we had a 10, a few people had five to 6,000. Another woman had a hundred grand come in after now she got a hundred grand off of the house that she wanted to buy. So she was able to get it with no money down. And then like some other money came in, but um, the, the record before that was a woman called Kate from the UK, her 27,000. So it was really funny day two of the challenge. She said, Oh, a hundred dollars, a hundred pounds came into my account out of nowhere. I don't know where it came from. A couple of hours later, you know, scratch that Dan. My parents have just called me to say they give me 27,000 pounds out of the blue. Wow we've had people get tax returns for taxes they haven't filed yet. The class action lawsuit's been great. Uh, great for the, for the money, the money game for people to playing the money, the money game. Um, random clients coming to business, uh, people randomly who you'd written off as paying their bills, coming out of the blue and paying their bills. It's been, it's been pretty cool. Pretty cool. So I think you've probably got a lot of people intrigued about that. So how do they, <laughs> how do they find out about the money game? Um, go to dreamwithdan.com forward slash books, grab the book. It's about, I don't know, $20, I think for the book. Um, uh, the principles are deceptively simple. People are like, can it be this complicated? Well, the universe is not a complicated place. Nature is not a complicated thing. Everything's one plus one. We humans add the quadratic equations and the derivatives and the sub 
sects. One plus one equals two in the universe. So just the, the roadmap is there to stretch your capacity to manifest money. And we've had some really, really wickedly wonderful results over the past couple of years that people have been playing it. Awesome. Uh, this is a fascinating conversation, Daniel, that I could continue to have with you for, <laughs> for hours to go. And I think I'll have to get you back on, on the, uh, on the show. In, I'd love to come back anytime. And what I, what I, I wanted to get across to all listeners and what I try to do with the show is to, to show that if we're going to be successful in life, whether that be in business, in our health, in our relationships, um, we, we we need to be developing on a number of um, in a number of areas. You know, we, we've got to get our business proposition right. We've got to get our culture right within our organisation. We've got to be innovating our offering to the marketplace. Um, we've got to be embracing technology, and the list goes on. But there's, as well as all the business stuff, we've got to be working on the internal stuff, the emotional stuff, the patterns that we might be running that may well be sabotaging uh, our our success because ultimately i believe we want to be successful get a sense of fulfillment from our work but also to make a difference in our work and Daniel, having you on the show has been uh, is, is a real gift and thank you so much for your time today because i think in very grounded down to worth way you actually make it accessible and it doesn't for those some of you listening may not be that into spirituality but you will understand i'm sure get really sort of feel and sense the this idea about um the emotional signature and the gps and that analogy of being able to experience and get ready to experience that feeling of what you want so that when you get it you don't self-sabotage it awesome thank you very much so once again if anybody wants to find out more about you daniel how do they do that Best place is dreamwithdan.com. My website's got access to the social media and the books and the podcast and all that kind of good stuff. So, um, but what I'd love to do is for people that are wanting to maybe have a little foray into what this visualization and spiritual stuff is, I've actually got a free visualization that they can grab on my website. So it's dreamwithdan.com forward slash H for Harry, C for Charlie, HC. They go there, it's about three minutes long. And it's really groovy at getting you into a really cool space to start choosing your emotional signature. If you're finding yourself in overwhelm or, you know, the business day is getting a bit ahead of you, you want to wipe the slate clean so you can go in and, and set yourself up for the day. It's about three, three and a half minutes long. It's really groovy. Dreamwithdan.com forward slash hatesy. That's my gift to your, to your listeners. Danielle, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Daniel. You know, standout things for me in that conversation was the idea of emotional signature, locking in, living the feelings that you want when you've achieved the goals, the experiencing and living the actual emotional uh, feelings of the goal achievement and emotional signature, like locking in those GPS coordinates of where you want to get to. The importance of uh, setting a goal slide and those morning visualizations for the next 90 days and the evening visualizations for the longer term goals. And then taking responsibility for what we have been creating in our lives and using deliberate creation to interrupt the path of unconscious creation. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.